episode of What the Actual F. My name is Harmony, and despite my chipper demeanor, I am going to tell you a rather dark and grim tale today. You guys remember, like two years ago, when we were all being forced to stay in our homes? You know, the very, very early days of COVID-19 and the lockdown. A lot of things happened then that kind of went under the radar, things that should have made national headlines, but we were so focused on COVID that a lot of stuff just fell to the wayside. A lot of stuff like the story I have for you today. A case, or I'm sorry, no, not even a case, a murder that would have made national, if not international news. Headlines would have been erupted with this story if it wasn't for the fact that we were all terrified of a respiratory pandemic. We were so worried about catching COVID and if we were or weren't gonna wear a face mask and where the hell was all the fucking toilet paper? That so many murders and so many things just kind of slid right past society without us being any the wiser. And today I want to shed light on one of the most horrific stories I have ever heard about, well, a murder. I mean, if you think about it, all stories about murder are pretty horrific. It's a life ending. There's not a whole lot of kumbaya being sung in those tales. But every once in a while, there are some that are just so much more graphic and brutal that it makes you question all of humanity. The case I have for you today is savage and full of brutal details. As more and more details began to emerge about what had happened to Mary, that she had been stabbed 133 times, she had been strapped into a bathtub by a dog leash for the last hours of her life. She was forced to endure brutal torture. Her last moments of her existence were absolute agony. All right, it's time to go back to 2020 so that I can tell you the story of Mary Collins. Now please step six feet back and put on your face masks. We're going back to lockdown. It is the most shocking crime in Charlotte that you haven't heard about. For two years, the pandemic has delayed justice for a 20-year-old woman who was tortured and stabbed, her body hidden in a mattress. And tonight, the victim's family wants you to hear their story as they search for answers and for closure. I hope you guys have your face masks on because we are literally right at the very beginning of COVID. Things are germy, grimy, and about to get really fucked up. On March 28th of 2020, Mary Collins got in an Uber and headed out to the Noda apartment complex. She was heading out here to go see Kelly Lavery and Lavi Pham. Lavi and Mary were high school friends who briefly dated for a short while. However, at this point, Kelly and Lavi were in a relationship, and Mary was heading right to their apartment in the yards, which is located in that Noda apartment complex. Mary's family said that Lavi manipulated Mary and was cruel toward her. Mary's aunt said that Kelly often bullied Mary for months on social media by posting random, extremely mean comments. 
Like, side note, I get it, people just are assholes, but what is the obsession with hiding behind a keyboard and being a total dick? When I see people be excessively rude to complete strangers, all I can think of is how miserable and unhappy they must be that they feel the need to try to blow other random people's candles out just so theirs can kind of like, you know, shine a little brighter. People are undoubtedly fucking twat waffles, <laughs> excuse my French. I mean, look at Kelly, the comments that she was leaving on Mary's post were things like, quote, Ew, nobody would want you. And, quote, if I were you, I would want to disappear as soon as possible. The thing is though, Mary did accept this sort of treatment, which I... <sighs> Listen, you're gonna start to learn some things about Mary. Mainly though, Mary didn't want to feel alone. Mary was such a sweet girl that she genuinely believed that people wanted to be their best because Mary was showing and wanted to be her best. So when people were kind of a little rough around the edges, she was a lot more forgiving. And you know, even though Mary was being bullied by Kelly, I don't think Mary ever believed that things would turn to physical. And she probably had no idea that Kelly and Lavi wanted to do any sort of harm to her. Kelly sent the Uber that got Mary over to their apartments. Now before we go any further, I need to tell you something about Mary. <laughs> There's something about Mary, sorry. Anyways, Mary actually was suffering from a disability. 22Q11 deletion syndrome. That, among a few other things, actually sort of hampered her ability to get around. She couldn't drive. She just, she had a little bit of a minor difficulties. However, she was still this absolutely delightful woman to be around. She was so sweet. She didn't let this disability really pull her down. She made the best out of who she was as much as she could. Which I'm sorry, I fucking admire. As somebody who has her own illnesses, sometimes they are very debilitating. And when I learn about people that instead of allowing certain things to pull them down, just doing their best to overcome, I am just in awe. You know, that's, that's incredible. And for anyone out there that is doing that, dude, you have my fucking respect. Cause sometimes I just don't have any spoons and I don't know how people do it. Some of you might not know what I meant by spoons and that's okay. The ones that do, <laughs> I love you. Anyways, back to why you're here. Quote, Mary could take care of herself to an extent, but there was no way in hell she could navigate anything or go out in the world and know where she was going. That was straight from her aunt. Now here's another thing. Mary's grandmother actually wanted to prevent her from going on this little trip. She tried to stop her from getting in the actual Uber. She was like, no, maybe not. Like she actually got down there with her and was like, don't do this. The driver even was like, hey, you know, I am not gonna interject. She's a grown woman. If she wants to get in my car and I'm gonna take her somewhere, I'm not gonna tell her no. However, sadly, according to her grandmother and her guardian, Mary wasn't capable of making actually, you know, adult decisions in a sense and things that were safe for her may not have seemed that way or sorry, things that weren't safe may have seemed so because she didn't understand things like adults or somebody at her age could. She sort of had the mind of a teenager. And if you remember what you were like as a teenager, let's just say adult Harmony wouldn't trust teenage Harmony with shit. I was a fucking dumbass. Sadly though, Mary got in the Uber. And because she made that choice, here you and I are. And I'm telling you all about this horrific murder. 
Police call it one of the most shocking crimes they've ever seen. It happened right here at this upscale apartment complex right in the heart of Noda. A young girl with special needs tortured. The details of the crime, utterly unbelievable. <laughs> she had such a light about her. I thought she was a beautiful girl. She was so stunningly beautiful, and she didn't even realize that. Very sweet and loving, and she was silly. And she just had an innocence about her. Mary Collins was just 20 years old. It's just so hard to believe that this happened to somebody so sweet and innocent. Kara Williams is Mary's aunt and says Mary was born with a rare genetic disorder that made life challenging for her. She actually really had the mentality of like a 14, 15 year old um, and she had a uh, severe speech impediment. She struggled with simple tasks like counting change or navigating her own neighborhood and always saw the best in people. She was just such a sweet person that she expected everybody was like that. And so she was very vulnerable and very easily manipulated. Now that you understand how sweet, kind, and loving Mary was and how important she was to everybody who knew her, she just showed everyone her true intentions which were nothing but good. They were purely kind, sweet, and she always wanted everybody happy. But also due to her disability, there was a flip side to how she was. Mary was very, very naive. She believed that because of how she was that nobody meant ill intentions. They had to be sweet, they may have just been a little odd. But because of her naivety, her family would take steps to enhance her safety. The family shared a phone plan, and because of this, they could actually track Mary's location. Sadly, however, this doesn't seem to have really helped when it needed to. Because her grandmother, Mia's concerned, grew after she failed to respond to text and calls. Her grandmother knew that she had arrived at Lavi and Kelly's apartment. This is because of a video that was posted online, the one that many people are very aware of. Lavi and Kelly were happily walking down a hallway to pick up a sushi delivery, and guess who was in the video with them? That's right, Mary. Many people believe that they did this in order to show that everything was fine, they were all getting along, and they were gonna eat, you know? They couldn't be wishing any ill will toward her, absolutely not. I mean, you saw it on the internet and everybody knows that everything on the internet has to be true. And you know what? That is actually a quote from George Washington, and you wanna know how I know that? Because I read it on the internet. Duh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yeah, this couple actually posted a video online and was just hoping that this would clear them of any sort of like suspicion. Good plan, didn't work. At this point, Mia was like, all right, <clears throat> I don't know where my granddaughter is. I know she went there. So I'm gonna head over there and find out what the fuck is going on. When she got there, she wasn't very calm. She started banging on the apartment door and screaming Mary's name. Of course, immediately the couple's like, sure, we should answer that. This doesn't sound good, does it? They tell Mia that Mary was gone. She had left in a happy, good mood, but they hadn't seen her. But here's the thing, her grandmother knew that this was fucking bullshit. Because of Mary's disability, she would never have left 
anywhere without her phone. It helped her in any moment that she was confused or lost. She knew she could either look at where she was on GPS and try to like figure it out if somebody gave her directions, like in case she couldn't get a hold of somebody. But the main thing is that she could get a hold of somebody. Most of the time, like 99.9% of the time, when she called to any of her family, they answered. So Mary would never, and I mean never, according to her grandmother, risk even for a moment exiting any place that she would be alone and could get confused without her phone. At this point, I'm pretty sure that Mia was really feeling some type of way. However, because, you know, Lavi and Kelly weren't really <laughs> helping out a whole lot, she called the police. So get this, when she calls the police, they tell her, well, you should file a missing persons report, duh. Yeah, I know, that's why I'm calling you, <laughs> duh, is probably what she said, except it's not. What she said was, she isn't missing. I know exactly where she is and who had her. Now the officer that she was speaking to actually took her worries to heart and went over to the apartment and knocked on the door. However, nobody answered, so they left. Whew, that is good fucking policing. However, this inaction by the police prompted Mia to monitor every single thing that was going on in and out of the yard's apartment. Kelly and Lavi allowed Mia and Mary's mother, Casey, into the residence as well. However, the couple did prevent them from doing any thorough searching of the back bedroom. So cooperative, but like only to an extent. Now, despite a detective telling the family to stop harassing them, Mary's family did not let up. I don't think the detectives should have been so worried about Mia and quote, her harassing them. <laughs> no, they should have been worried about searching the apartment really well because they missed something. They took her whole life away from her and from us. Mary never left that apartment. She never came home. Police believe Lavery, Pham, and their friend Jimmy Salerno brutally attacked Mary. Autopsy reports show she was stabbed more than 133 times. They tortured her and just let her bleed to death and, and die. And, and then they just put her in their, in their mattress and were hoping to, to dispose of the mattress with her body in there. Police say Salerno called a fourth person, America Deal, then just 18 years old, who he'd recently met on Tinder, to help clean up. Search warrants turned up Cascade dish detergent and pumpkin spice shower gel, reportedly meant to mask the smell. Then, according to warrants, they wrapped Mary's body in saran wrap and duct tape and put her in the mattress. During a bond hearing for Deal, attorneys argued she should be out on bond, claiming she was forced into helping hide the body and that Kelly Lavery was the one in charge. She described that Kelly Lavery, the co-defendant, was, in her words, the ringleader, and that Kelly was giving orders to everyone else as far as what should be done. Mary's family believe Kelly was a jealous mean girl type and say she'd been bullying Mary on social media for months. I remember seeing the comments, ooh, nobody would want you. If I were you, I would want to disappear as soon as possible. Mary's grandmother believes Lavery and Pham got Mary sushi in the hours just before they killed her, then posted video of the three of them together to make it seem like Mary was fine. not even gonna like sugarcoat this we're gonna dive right into what happened on that day in march while everybody else was trying to figure out where the fuck was all the goddamn toilet paper mary 
was fighting for her life. According to reports, Kelly, Lavi, and their friend Jimmy Solino, 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 I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm a little slow today. <laughs> Let's be honest, I'm slow every day. All right, back to Jimmy boy. Jimmy reportedly told a friend of the brutal attack. The body's concealment was in a mattress and that they had plans to incinerate that mattress so, you know, nobody could find it. Side note, why the fuck do murderers brag? Okay, listen, I don't ever plan on murdering because, like, no, I'm just gonna cut you out of my life. But anyways, so if I were to just, like, cross that, I wouldn't. I don't know how I can explain that I'm not really serious. You know what? Whatever. But let's just say I became, like, a killer. I would never go around bragging. I would just be thinking to myself, goddamn, nobody knows. I am fucking boss, man. I wouldn't be like, holy shit, you know all these fucking killings that are going on? I did it, and you're next if you say a fucking word. No, I ain't gonna say shit. <laughs> I don't wanna get caught, that's stupid. But for some fucking reason, it never fails. Half of these killers are out here like getting drunk and be like, you know what I did like two Saturdays ago? I fucking bludgeoned a bitch's head open. Uh, uh Roger, you know you just told me you killed somebody? Uh, you're kidding, right? Nah, man, I got the bat, you wanna see it? It's still covered in her blood. Uh, let me go ahead and step to the bathroom. I'm just grabbing my phone because I got I gotta take a dick pic on the toilet. My, my chick's really into that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go get the bat. What the fuck? Sorry, I got sidetracked. So anyways, Jimmy is basically squealing like a pig. Because of this though, authorities are like, mm, we should probably go check the apartment. They reportedly lifted the mattress but didn't find Mary's body. Two days later, a second witness comes forward. This person, wouldn't you know, says, uh, no, there's a fucking dead body in there, and it is Mary's. So the police are like, god damn it, y'all. It's not in there, but you know what? Fine, we're gonna go check, because you're just not gonna stop complaining, are you? Seriously, they go there, really expecting to find nothing. Almost like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're just checking, you know, because people won't stop saying that she's here, you know. Mm. This time, though, they do find Mary's body. Detective Brian Crum had this to say. Quote, the way everything played out, it just wasn't obvious. Even my folks, yeah, when they went back with the search warrant, they were shocked at how well she was concealed. We ultimately had to open up the mattress in order to even find her. She was fully concealed inside the mattress. Hold on, wait a second, hold on. Pause! I have a California king or a European king, I can't remember, in the master bedroom, right? In the big bedroom, we have a big ass bed. That bitch is heavy. I cannot move that mattress by myself. I can't move a lot of things by myself. I'm a very small person. However, if a body were in any mattress that I have ever picked up, I feel like I would know. Yes, things are heavy to me, but the weight distribution, y'all can't feel that shit. When something's a little bit heavier, like in the center, my arms are like, what the fuck is going on here? How is this force like against me in one spot? What the hell? He had to have felt that something wasn't right. It wasn't like a squishy mattress. It wasn't kind of like, you know, soft. There was one lump somewhere. Y'all, come on. Sorry, I'm sorry. I get really frustrated when I like do this research and I learn about the policing and how things are just kind of not done. The amount of times in these cases that I find out that police have somewhat dropped the ball is just alarming. But I don't know what I expect because most of the time in the US, if you're murdered, your murder will actually go unsolved. Anyways. Let's continue before I get really irate over the police and the way they handled this. 
Warrants say around the same time Salerno started talking. So that Jimmy told this witness that he was at a party with Mary and that Kelly and Lottie tied her up, beat her in a bathtub, and they later hid her body in a mattress and wanted to burn the mattress. That witness went to police. The police then went to the Noda apartment where they say Lobby Fam agreed to let them do a search. Lobby then walked the detectives to the master bedroom and lifted the mattress himself. But detectives didn't find anything. How did the detectives miss Mary's body? Mary was very well concealed. Then two days later, the witness called police again, insisting Mary's body was there. This time, detectives went in with a search warrant, shocking neighbors at the Noda apartment complex. Authorities arrested all three suspects. They were charged with murder, kidnapping, and failing to report a death. But like, did they fail or were they just trying to hide it? A fourth person by the name of America Dell was also charged in the murder. Hers was more so after the fact because she did help clean up. She would be charged with felony, accessory, after the fact, and concealing a death. America, Lavi, and Jimmy all pled not guilty. Their cases are currently ongoing, but Kelly, she decided to plead guilty. So at least the family does have that closure that she did admit to her guilt in all of it. The other three may be trying to just play the long game of no, we didn't do it and take their chances, but she did. And please know I'm not cutting her slack by saying this because she still fucking murdered somebody. So I'm just glad that she's admitted she did. The other three, not so much. Now, Casey Mary's mother said that when she met with the prosecutors a day before this deal was made, here, quote, let me tell you what she said. At first, we as a family were totally against it. We wanted and still want life in prison. It is what we would have wanted. However, when she met with the DA, they explained that if the case were to go to trial, there was a chance that Kelly might actually get yes Yes, less time. Or even worse, she could avoid total prosecution. Casey states that she somewhat felt completely powerless in this decision because yes, she wanted to see justice for her daughter, but the fact that it wasn't life just automatically is kind of like, mm -hmm. I mean, Mary's not here. She literally lost her life. <laughs> Why does her murderer get a chance at having one? That is a mystery we may never understand. Even Mia, Mary's grandmother, said she deserves to be in prison for life, and I'm sure a lot of people agree. Personally, just like I feel, if you kill somebody intentionally for fucking sure, <laughs> and you're like, horribly heinous, you should never the light a day again. Like, mm, really? Just, mm. Obviously, self-defense and like certain things, don't let somebody kill you type situations. You know, I get that. Not, I get that. Okay, that sounded wrong. Like, okay, if someone's gonna come for my child, I'm gonna fucking kill you over you killing them. You're gonna have to literally get to them over my dead body. Okay, I feel like I am digging myself into a, a, a little grave hill. What I mean is, if you kill somebody, I believe almost 100% of the time, you should be behind bars the rest of your life, if not die. I'm sorry. But to have any chance of enjoying yourself, I'm sorry. I don't understand how it's oh. Hey, there is somebody you ceased to exist. You unalived a human. I don't understand. And I never will. And Mia's grandmother agrees. I believe a lot of people agree that she deserves to have life in prison along with the other two that involved themselves in the murder. However, when it comes to America, I believe that life may have been too much because she didn't actually 
killer. She did help. I don't actually know. You know what? My opinion doesn't really matter. Let's get back to the story. I do want to point out that the family, yes, they wanted life, but they actually kind of wanted the death sentence. But Mia, Mary's grandmother, and the rest of the family were really shocked to learn that prosecutors wouldn't even try to push for the death penalty, which is just baffling to me, but okay. It wasn't like this was just like some random murder. I don't, this was a really horrible murder. Like the actual whole act, she was tortured. It wasn't just like, oh, she's stabbed, a, you know, a few times. They literally kept her in a bathtub. They tortured her. She was in absolute agony. They were not just like a quick little, I just want to kill someone and kill someone. I don't know how to explain it. That's not, I don't know. They were, it was fucked up guys. It was super fucked up. Like just, it was, it was really bad. It was grotesque. So the family considered life imprisonment the most appropriate punishment in lieu of execution. However, that's not what happened because a deal was made. And Mia said as she listened to the plea deal being made, it was so painful. She said that she was like, she was just basically destroyed, that there was no language of how she was doing and how she was handling it. She has to constantly remember and just know that Mary was absolutely just, she was tortured. It was absolutely inhumane. I can't, I don't want to personally fully just re, retell her death in that gory detail. It's horrific. And the fact that she has to remember that and know this depravity, it's just absolutely heinous. And that most of all, Mary and nobody could stop it. The moment that Mary got in that Uber, she sealed her fate. Mary was just so sweet and so kind that she never saw it coming. And the fact that, I guess, how her family sees it is that any of these murderers can get out and enjoy their life is really painful for them. Yes, somebody said, hey, I did it. <laughs> I'm admitting to it. I want a little bit of forgiveness. It doesn't really sit well with them because do they really deserve leniency because they said, hey, I did it? Okay, but you brutally killed somebody. Hmm, maybe you should just do life. I, I, uh, anyways, I need to stop throwing my opinion in. Let's continue. I think most people think though a body weighs a certain amount, so you lift a mattress and there'd be something unusual about it. Sure, it's just you know the way everything played out, it wasn't obvious. And I can tell you that even my folks when they went back with the search with the search warrant, I mean they were shocked at how well she was concealed. We ultimately had to open up uh, the mattress in order to find her. She was fully concealed inside of the mattress. Police charged Pham, Lavery, and Salerno with murder and concealing a death. America Deal faces charges of accessory after the fact and concealing a death. I think that they're evil. I think that they are what evil looks like. Um, they tortured her and then they, they stabbed her over 100 times and then they hid her in their mattress. To know that this happened to, to Mary I just know was so excited to go hang out with some friends and and I just can't imagine when they started to turn on her the fear and confusion that she was feeling and then just to think what she went through is so it's so horrible it's so horrible and I just can't believe how mean someone could be again to someone who is like a child the hardest part is Thinking about the 
torturing that Mary went through and that she's gone and we don't get her back and I can't take any of that pain away from her that she experienced. Because of how everything was handled with Mary's case, her family are actually pursuing and trying to actively reform laws in the justice system. I'm sorry, Binks is snoring and getting like louder and louder. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it's cracking me up. Like I'm trying to sit here and be serious and share these horrible things with you and it never fails. He just comes up here next to me, he cuddles up right by me and <laughs> Okay, I have to stop laughing. This is a horrible thing. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to take a light off of this really horrible, horrible thing that happened. But he is so loud. I mean, seriously. I'm gonna try this again. Mary's family actually runs Mary's Voice. This is an organization which is petitioning for changes in missing persons investigations that involve disabled individuals. Side note, I really like this, but I do also believe that across the board, a lot of police need to step it the fuck up when it comes to a lot of stuff. And I mean that with the most respect possible because I do have respect for anybody who decides to put their life on the line to protect others. Whether you're wearing a badge or not, if you try to be more of a good person, I fucking respect you. Which means if you decide that your life is something that you would put in front of others, I definitely respect you. But across the board, I believe that police do need to step up a bit better in a lot of areas, especially when it comes to missing people with people that are endangered, with children being in just a lot of stuff. Mary's family wants potential victims' families to have more of a voice in what's happening. You know, like whether a missing person, their family member, their loved one is actually deemed to be in danger or not. Why should it be okay for strangers who are just peering in on a situation to have a say in what is actually serious and not serious? If you know the person in question, wouldn't you be able to know better? But again, in my opinion, I guess that's why it's called the system. <laughs> because they control it. Honestly, the whole case about Mary Collins is heartbreaking. Mary, by all accounts, was so loved and just absolutely so sweet. She was so adorable. Like I sat and watched and consumed videos and just saw her family talking about her, watched documentaries, watched other people share about what they had found. You know, when I learn about these stories in these cases, y'all, I go and I watch like Kendall Ray or Bailey Sar <laughs> words, Bailey Sarian. And I just, I sit and I consume. I, I don't even think these two actually have been covered by those two. I was just throwing out content creators that I do follow about a lot of these cases. And I do my research on often ones that may not have been spoken about as well. I have a few that are still sitting because a lot that aren't talked about, it's hard to find. But to see the videos of her and the pictures and to see how happy she was and just how she was so sweet and just, you know, it was, it's, it's fucking sad. It's, it's really sad. Like when I do cases, it feels like I kind of get to to know these victims, you know, I can see a, just a piece of them because obviously I'm only learning other accounts and I'm hearing after the fact. 
but it still hurts my heart to like hear and read and learn that people are so disgusting. Listen, I know we live in a really fucked up world. It's dark and it's gloomy and the reality of it is we suck, man. As humans, you and I, your mom, your dad, your brother, everybody, we fucking suck. Don't get me wrong, you are probably a good person. I'm not saying that like, you suck, I hate you, no. But the human species, homo sapiens, us, our fleshy meat vessels that are filled with bones, yeah, we are operated by electricity that is actually telling a floating ball of meat what to do. And sometimes, maybe that electricity just kinda short circuits and uh, you get a few fucked up people. I guess as long as murder continues and the fact that monsters do exist and they are human, I'm gonna continue to share these horrible stories with you. But thankfully, there are people like Mary's family that are also gonna try to make changes. Maybe eventually, with enough of us trying to share and be voices for victims, there will no longer be a need for a podcast like what I have or Bailey and Kendall. This will no longer be a content genre. It'll become outdated and just like a horrific past reminder of what we once were. But as long as we as humans continue to have our manipulative, selfish, and greedy ways about us, murder will continue. And the victims deserve justice. Wow. What does that tell you then about... I think there's a lot of thought that went into this um, as far as how to hide her and try to, to conceal what their crime was. Um, I think that they also were willing to speak with, with you know, us and with family, um, which is fairly unusual for, for people who have done something that's you know, just so horrific. Not just speak with, they actually consented to a search and sort of stood there. Sure. Uh, what does that say about someone's the, mindset? They were out asking for help in finding her to people in the neighborhoods. So um, it just... It, they just didn't, don't seem to care. I don't, I don't know how you would live with that and, and do that um, and go about um, talking to the family and trying to be supportive, knowing the truth the entire time. They were putting on a show. Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, if you're still here, sorry if I ruined your day. Think about cute kittens, little puppies, food, anything to kind of just like lighten the mood. Because uh, I feel like right now it's a little bit bleak, it's a little dark. We just got through something together talking about a real serious horrific murder. I can understand why you're probably not over there like, woohoo, feeling great! However, I do hope that from here on out, the rest of your day is amazing. Maybe go have a pumpkin spice latte, you know? No? Okay, I don't blame you. Thank you, nonetheless, for sticking around and listening to this savage, horrific case of Mary Collins. A murder that any other time in our history, if COVID wasn't around, would have made national news. And I think you see why. The killers involved in this were absolutely heinous, unforgiving, and disgusting. They showed Mary no remorse. Yet, somehow, with Mary gone and ended so violently by them, our system will show them the remorse that they were not kind enough to give Mary. Anyways, thank you again for sticking around, and I can't wait until next week. Or if I'm really feeling froggy because it is the holiday season, maybe I'll make a bonus episode. At least before Christmas, maybe you guys will have an extra one. Especially because a few of those of you that I know in real life have actually started listening to this podcast, which totally means a lot to me. You know who you are because a few of you will text me or tell me, or when we talk, let me know that you enjoyed an episode, and that means so much to me. 
So know that my voice is being listened to around the world is a little crazy and bizarre. But most of all, to know that my voice is being spoken for the victims and to share their story and so many of you are listening. Well, that, that really means something. So to you, you and you, all of you, whoever you are, whether I know you in real life or not, thank you for listening. Until next time, I love you. Stay safe and please, seriously, if someone tries to stop you from getting into an Uber and is like, maybe don't go. Because personally, I just don't want to tell a story about you. Okay, bye! Um, you were supposed to stop listening at that point? I mean, you could do it now too. I, I can't really go in, until you, you stop. And I got, I got things to do, like, Christmas is like, it's not too far, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wrap, I gotta, I gotta get some more stuff, I just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. I know, I don't wanna leave, I love you too, and I'm gonna miss you, but I'll be back next week, maybe sooner, who knows? How about, at the count of three, we both go. I like that plan. All right, you ready? One, one and a half, two, three.